0: There we are. You hear me? Yep, I hear you hear me just fine. All right. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started. Welcome, everybody, to It's Too Wordy comic book podcast, where a couple of buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And today we are covering the letter S. And our current book is Young Justice, number 17. Should we start with Young Justice? Yeah, let's do Young Justice. All right. So first off, is this your first uh, foray into Young Justice?
1: Of the new series, yeah. I was a big fan of it back when it, the original series.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Back in 2000, I think it was.
0: Yeah, so, that was a fun series.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know the characters. I know what's going on. But I I haven't been following this book.
0: Um, I started off with reading, like, the first four issues of it. Um, and they went to uh, Amethystia or wherever it's called. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out. So I dropped it. And I was getting it because of Teen Lantern. But um, – Coming back into it, I actually thought this was a pretty good story. A little confusing because you didn't know what was happening, you know, what actually happened before this, but I thought it was a real good story as far as seeing how they relate to their...
1: Adult counterparts?
0: Yes, adult counterparts. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so this is Young Justice 17 by Bendis and Walker. I think the cover looks amazing. I love the then and now look of Superboy Robin and impulse or kid flash. Um, I liked how they put it. They, it starts off with the story about a girl riding in with her dad to help provide uh, relief, you know, food relief and water to the people that were a part of this big catastrophe. I really like that. I think it was a good twist to it, where it was viewing it from the outside opposed to a superhero view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, the art's decent. Um, you meet all the characters again. I like how they list label them. I, you know, that's one thing Legion always did that I. Could appreciate since i'm not a huge legion guy obviously but as they appeared they had their name pop up so you could be like oh that's who that's supposed to be yep. and they did the same thing in here with superboy naomi jenny hex not johnny but jenny uh wonder girl teen lantern and now apparently
1: robin is drake because you see a duck now is he a duck well drakes are ducks right
0: See, I went the opposite direction. I thought the rapper. Uh, Nice. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, So that was a little weird. But you kind of see the interactions with their counterparts. So there's Wonder Girl who talked to Wonder Woman. You know, um, you have. Superman talking to Superboy and Kid Flash talking to Barry Allen we- uh, Flash and Drake spoke to Batman briefly. That part did confuse me because they were kind of talking like they had already talked towards the beginning, but then they talked to him. Batman talks to him again at the end. Did right. you catch that? Uh huh. I was like, well, if they already talked, uh, whatever.
1: Um,. <laughs> It's because Batman has some secret he needs to tell Robin or Drake or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Um, no, I I thought this was a great book. Um, I actually really appreciated the ads in here too. I thought even the ads were good looking. You yeah. Know? Uh, the they Van had a, House um, DC ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this Batman Three Jokers looks... Wow, Uh, they promoted the DC storyline, and I thought that looked good. I, it feels like they were able to kind of do what they want to do with the book now, even though that nothing really changed outside of them leaving Diamond. But um, yeah, I would say this is definitely this issue at least is worth definitely checking out. What do you think? Or what are it your was cool. On
1: it? Like it was, it was pretty cool. Like I, I don't know. I, I really like Bendis, but sometimes he just he puts so much mm-hmm. into it, right? And the the girl that was helping out, bringing food and water to the heroes and stuff. Right. Her name is Yolanda, right? right? And at the end, she. Who's she talking to? She's talking to Robin, right? About how not all her- heroes have superpowers. Right. And somehow he pulls cords and she becomes something at the Legion of Superheroes. And she's meeting Jason Jaina. Yeah. What? She gets an internship. <laughs> right. An internship how? She didn't even ask for it, did she? Not that I saw. I didn't see it at all. And. In- So she's at the the Hall of Justice, and it's like, where'd this pop up? I that's where I got confused. But
0: he does a lot of reading in between the lines that's not actually in the story, and it does drive me batty when he does that. Um, but you know, overall, I thought the story was really good. Uh, The internship part was a little bit ridiculous, but. uh, Yeah, overall, I thought it was a decent book. I was actually surprised that it went this far. And I think when we read the review on it to see uh, what the book was about, they actually said that uh, Red Robin was coming back. Right. Did not get that from this.
1: No. (laughs) It was just Drake. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know where he's going to come in. Yeah. Unless that's what Batman and Tim were talking about.
0: Right. I hope it's it's not one of those deals where it's kind of like, oh, what was it? Where Nick Fury whispered in Thor's ear and Thor lost the power to hold the hammer. (laughs) Right. Then you have to wait four years to find out what was whispered. I mean, I hope it's not one of those deals, but...
1: There was also something in this that, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm, it's been a while since I read this, but no, um, Superboy. This is, this is John, right? Is Jonathan or is no, this? This is Connor. Connor. Okay. So I'm reading the rebirth Superman stuff with the son Mm-hmm. With his son, right? And right. this is Superman from our Earth that went to the new 52 Earth. After the new 52 Earth, Superman got killed? hmm And so I'm confused. So Superman is so convoluted right now yeah. because of that garbage that I'm confused on where Connor comes in, where Jonathan comes in, where... You know, it it nah, it's not even worth talking about because it's it's confusing. Well,
0: so here's the deal. I can clarify a little bit with Connor. So Connor was the one that came showed up when Superman died, and the four right. Superman showed up.
1: He's the clone of he's Clark and right. Lex,
0: and Young Justice got together in this series to go find him and save him because he was lost in an alternate world or something like that. So they were able to pull him in. So there is technically two Superboys flying around. One is a direct bloodline of Superman. The Well, I guess both of them are. But this one's the clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. Okay. Not that I cleared up a ton, but... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, know how it kind of fits in. No, that's cool. All right. Uh, do you want to do your S, or do you want me to?
1: Um. We can we can do my S. That's fine. Okay. Um. So we're doing S's this week, and. Back in our our top costumes, um, I picked number one was Songbird, because I love her suit. Mm -hmm. Her suit is probably one of the coolest superhero costumes that I think has ever been made. Um, She started out in Marvel 2 and 1 number 54 way back in 1979, and she was a character called Screaming Mimi. And yeah i mean she was hanging out with a guy named angar the screamer so you, yeah. you kind of guess what their powers are um, <laughs> they're very banshee-esque right right and right. um she was created by john byrne which is really cool and mark runewald and ralph macchio and not that ralph macchio but the uh, comic book legend ralph macchio <laughs> um so when thunderbolts came out they were a bunch of villains that were taking over when the Avengers and the Fantastic Four disappeared. Right. And they they created new identities and became heroes to infiltrate and do some nefarious crap. So you had Baron Zemo. He was running around as Citizen V. Goliath was Atlas. The Beetle was Mach 1. Screamy Mimi became Songbird. The Fixer was Techno. Moonstone became Meteorite. And they in this book they get into some trouble and they're fighting these elementals right and this is where they all get captured and that's where this story takes part like this is issue eight from november to 1997 it is by kurt busiek and mark bigley and this is height of like 1997 almost early 2000s comic book art Yep. And I love this book. I just love how it looks. I love how it's written, the the layouts and everything like that. Um so on the cover, it's just a songbird and it says Songbird Fights Alone. And the guys and the bad guys just better watch out, right? And yeah. at this time Songbird was having this huge self um she was self-deprecating. She could she didn't believe in herself that much. She she thought she was weak and she needed people to be with her to be able to handle things. And her team gets captured by a group called the elementals. And the elementals are like weird little robots that are, there's like 72 or 76. I can't remember exactly how many elements are in the periodic table, but every one of them has a robot and every one of them is made up of that element. Hmm. So they're in a park And it opens up with Spider-Man fighting one of them. Then it shows uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, Daredevil, the Young Warriors, Dark Hawk, Nova, Firestorm, Um, the Gladiator. Just crazy crap, right? Just all over Mark Busiek, just loving comic book characters and just throwing them all in here, right? Right. Well, the only person to escape the elementals is Songbird. And, well, her and Techno escape. Techno gets killed, so it's Songbird trying to find her way through this huge complex, swarming with villains, right? And the great thing about Songbird is you can watch her grow as a character. If you read from the beginning, she's... You, know, like I said, she doesn't have any self um she's not very confident. right. And you can watch her grow through the whole book and into an avenger, like a full-fledged avenger later on, and is a total badass. And in this she she realizes that she gets attacked and she starts to gain her confidence. It was what I'm um, and it's actually really cool to see her her growing like that. There's really not much else in this book other than a whole bunch of fights. Techno gets a new body because he uploads his brain into the computer and the computer makes a new body for him. And yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. And then after the fight's over, you see like the superheroes getting duped. You know, they're all sitting around outside in the park and they're all talking to them. Right, and it's like yeah. uh, you do know who those people are, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a 1997. But yeah, I, I still love the Thunderbolts until they changed it. Because when Marvel decided they needed to change the series, they made it horrible.
0: Are you talking when they did the renumber?
1: Yeah. No, this is a uh, they they kept the same numbering. But they made it kind of like a reality wrestling, some yeah, weird, yeah. weird book. And it, it was not good. The earlier issues of
0: Thunderbolts were fantastic. I still remember buying issue one at Cosmic Comics up off 144th and Center. And the yep. guy going, This has got a huge surprise at the end of it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Really? I just opened it up to the back of the railway. Right <laughs> yeah. And I still enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, it is a fun series. It absolutely is. Yeah. All right. All right. So I went a little off the beaten path. Imagine that. And um, my S character is the Sleaze Brothers. Nice. <laughs> and what I read was Sleaze Brothers, Some Like It Fresh. This is my first foray into the Sleaze Brothers. Um, this is crazy. Uh, this is, is- or made out in 1991. Um, and they're in the future. I couldn't tell. Are they supposed to be private eyes?
1: They are. And they're kind of like the Blues Brothers. Right. Yeah, I got
0: the Blues Brothers thing, but they really didn't talk about them being privatized at all. Like it kind of started piecing it together. Um, and air is a commodity. And so there's mob bosses running, uh, air, you know, that that's the drug of choice. And, uh, there's a guy running around. That's a finger. And they call him Mr. Finger. I mean, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Anyhow, they get, accidentally get into a mob uh, deal, and so they run to get on this ship that's going to take them to this big party liner. I picture the Fifth Element type ship, you know, when they're getting on the uh, onto that. And they dress up as a uh, couple of ladies from Pratt's. The Planetary Reform Air Temper- Temperance Society, and they are actually supposed to be the lead speakers, the people that they knocked out and dressed as are supposed to be the lead singer- see- speakers. Excuse me, at this conference, and in the meantime, another private eyes up there, Vanity Case, I think is what her name is, and she's saying I need help figuring out what's going on because. I was hired because all your these wigs keep on disappearing. The mob bosses are meeting up there. They're using this whole Pratt's thing to smuggle air in. Um, the police are up there, and they're basically holding these guys, saying, if you don't want to get in trouble, you need to help us out. Uh, so utter chaos ensues. It's a lot of humor. It's just crazy off the wall i I don't know if I've read anything that's any that I can even compare this to um, <laughs> yeah it, it's fun though I mean this is a one shot I got it out of a quarter bin um, and I actually picked up the rest of the series or the first, or the series that they had except for issue one but I got the, the whole run otherwise. So, um, I wanted to do something a little bit different, and this was just out there off the wall. I don't know if you're gonna be able to find this out on the market at all, or uh, you know, uh, in a store without going online to pick it up. Um, but if you're looking for wacky, entertaining, cheap fun, you need to read this, Sleeze Brothers. Um, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's like you said, Nick, they are a knockoff of the Blues Brothers. Uh, the, basically, the, what it says this is is uh, in the violent era of air prohibit or prohibition, uh, why is the murderous mafia sponsoring uh, parlors on earth? can President Sinatra rule the planetary reform and air temperance society into electing him for a third term? And what's this going to do with the Slees brothers? And that's that that is the death, that's what they give you. And you just go in, and it's just ridiculous. Um, Definitely, if you have a chance, pick it up. Don't spend too much on it. It's not worth too much, but definitely check it out. And that was by Epic Comics, too. So um, a little off the mainstream there. I thought I was going to actually have one that you had not heard of. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, ah.
1: Yeah, I had the first two issues way back when they first came (laughs) out. Because oh, it, it was so weird. It was just like this weird book that me and my buddies just loved. Yeah. I mean, it was, what, 89? So it was like junior high, so it was just right up our, you know. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, it <laughs> right, kind of had that mad, Right that
1: wheelhouse. Uh,
0: the Mad Magazine vibe to it as mm-hmm. far as humor and stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, that would take us over to goings-on at the shop. Yeah. Um, They're still buying comics and putting new stuff out all the time. Uh, Nothing major this last week that I recall. They did get, and I got very excited about this, they did have a carded original mainframe G.I. Joe character. Really? Beautiful. I got 200 on it. God. But, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, the bubble was in perfect shape. There's just a slight tear on the card in the upper right corner. I'm Just gorgeous. I looked at that really hard. I'm like, yeah, you just can't do it. Um, I know they got a whole bunch of He-Man stuff in. Um, and they said that they got a whole van full of stuff that they brought up from Texas from Couple of weeks ago, that they're still working on um, at one of their storage sheds. So there's going to be new stuff coming out. So definitely, if you're around, stop in, see what they got, and we're checking them out on Facebook at kryptoncomics.com. All right. With that, we're on to the random reads. I still don't do it as enthusiastically as Kirk. Kirk loved doing that. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, you mind if I go first? No, go ahead. All right. So I got two of them. Um, I got Transformers meets My Little Pony: Friendship in Disguise. I had to try it out. I had to see what was go- what this was all about. Um, it is broken into two different stories. Uh, the first one was done by James As- Asmus and Tony Flex. The second one's done by Ian Flynn and Jake Lawrence. And they do have a roll call page in here indicating who's who, which helped me for the, my little pony part since I clearly don't read my little pony. Um, but if you are a fan of twilight sparkle, queen chrysalis, rarity or rainbow dash, this book's for you. Um, Basically, the first story uh, is very short, but the more entertaining story, in my opinion. Um, Queen Chrysalis is trying to take down all the good My Little Ponies and opens a warp that allows the Transformers to come through. And so Optimus Shrine, Megatron, uh, Windblade, RC, Starscream, and Shock, actually in Starscream all come across, and, you know, obviously they land. The ponies are like, I've never seen anything like you before. And Bumblebee's like, here, I can transform if it makes it more comfortable around here. It turns into a car, and They're like, I don't know what that is either. Yeah, is <laughs> it's just a little bit ridiculous, but they became fast friends. Um, and then Starscream's trying to take over the... The planet as well, obviously. And RC starts fighting her and yeah, fighting him, and the pony helps save it. It it was designed for girls, or if you're a pony, Brony or whatever, you may enjoy it as well. Not a lot of transformer action outside of it. Just gives them a device for them to meet the transformers. Um. I'm, this, I'm probably stopping at issue one because there wasn't enough there to make me want to get anything further on it. So the second one, <laughs> so I, as you know, Nick, I am a huge fan of Vault Comics, the publisher. No. And they came out with a book called Vampire the Masquerade. I'm like, all right, let's try it out. Let's see what it's all about. And I get to the end of it And it actually says it is part of the role-playing game. And it gives you the stats for two of the characters that are in this book. Like uh, what their skills are, their strengths, everything. And like a history of them and all that. We're like, hmm, that's pretty neat. They call it the role-playing supplement. Uh, But like My Little Pony, this was broken into two stories as well. The first one was Tim Seely, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce the next name. Um, Pramanick Pramanik is the last name of the artist. And then the writer of the second one is Teeny and Blake Howard and Nathan Gooden is the artist. Um, I was so mad at this book because I read that first story, not realizing it was two stories. And they did the ever so classic. I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and then it rolled into that second story. And I was so into that first story, I was like, "I want a little bit more." You know, um, the second story was good, but it hadn't. You know, it, it, that was going to be more of a slow burn. Um, this was just. Are the art's beautiful? It's about a. The first story is more about um, how a guy named, <laughs> I just registered, it just registered for me that a guy named Prince in Minneapolis, Minnesota is the leader of the vampire clan there. And then Prince is obviously from Minneapolis It just registered. Um, but there is starting to become some battles between the clan vampire clansmen. um, and the second in command for the Prince character is feeling a little bit threatened. Um, and she goes and meets, sees her sister. And her sister's suffering from dementia, doesn't remember her real well. He th- Or she does and she doesn't. There's certain aspects she doesn't remember. She does recognize her as a sister, but the caretaker doesn't know that the second in command is a vampire. So she's like, she does that all the time. I'm actually her niece playing the part of the daughter. So, because otherwise she'd be just as old as the sister, right? Um, it just, the details in the art, Tim Seeley just got this figured out and made it absolutely Beautiful. Um, beautiful book. And then the second story is more of on the outside of town and this family getting hired to go out and uh, take care of something in Minneapolis. And it's a good story, but it was not the details that, that Tim Seeley one had. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this a lot. If you can find it, absolutely pick it up, especially if you're into that whole um, vampire scene or the vampire Masquerade uh, role-playing game. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's what you know. I've read a lot of Dungeons and Dragons books. I've never felt like it really captured how the game was. I think that fantasy realm is really hard to put together a story because you you know when you're doing role-playing game, you're using your imagination for all of it. And this, I feel like they got a grasp on it, and they're they're building something that's going to be quite good. So absolutely check this one out.
1: Cool. Alright, so mine is from a cartoon. This is from March 1987. And it's by Filmation. So you want to take a guess on what book this is?
0: Oh, let's see. Filmation cartoon 87.
1: It's not Fuford, is it? No. Um <laughs> So I didn't even know that these existed, but it's my first comics and it's Filmation's Ghostbusters. I did not know that they, there's like four issues for this. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, there's a lot of people that hate the Filmation Ghostbusters because, you know, it's, it's not Ray and it's not Peter and it's not Egon and, you know, Winston. Okay, yeah. Well, these guys came first. There was a show in the 70s starring Larry Storch.
0: Larry Storch, the first voice of Batman. I'm sorry. I've still pushed to try to get Larry Storch to come
1: in for free comic book day. That would be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That would be awesome. Um, So, the story is that Filmation owned the rights to the name Ghostbusters. And when they were making the movie, they were going to call it the ghostbusters. And it was going to be two words because the copyright is owned by filmation.
0: Right.
1: So Aykroyd and them went to filmation and was like, we'd like to use the name and filmation gave it to them. They were like, yeah, go ahead, use it. You know, we're not using it, but you know, hopefully getting that in, when the Ghostbusters would get, maybe get popular enough that they would get a cartoon series that Filmation would be able to do it for them.
0: Right.
1: And when the Ghostbusters were in talks to make a cartoon, they were talking to Filmation and then they went with Deke instead. And for revenge, Filmation brought out their own Ghostbusters. So, this isn't a new thing. These aren't new characters that Filmation was just like, hey, we're going we're gonna to bring out our, these goofy guys to try to go against the real Ghostbusters. That's not the, It was revenge, pretty much. Revenge for them going away from Filmation to Teak. So the, <laughs> when, you're, when you're watching the old cartoon, you're like, what the hell? What, what is going on? Are they fighting ghosts or are they fighting futuristic robots? Well, they're fighting ghost robots, which is really weird. And they, they live in this mansion, they have a skeleton that answers the phone for them. It's a skeleton and it's got a smart mouth. They have a skelevision who doesn't really help them out either, because it's got an attitude. They <laughs> they have this weird blue lady called Futura that comes back from the future and comes out and like sometimes helps them. They have a bat, like a little animal promorphic bat that helps them out too. And they have a, an old buggy. Like a car that they drive in. And if you're watching the Ghostbusters with the girls in it, there's a nod to the filmation Ghostbusters in it because you can see the car on a flatbed getting driven past. Oh. Right? Um, so this book is called The Ghostbusters in Ghostosaurus. And I cannot believe I found this in perfect. It's almost perfect because inside it has um, games and puzzles and activities that help you help the Ghostbusters solve the quest. Right. So serious.
0: That's awesome.
1: There's like how to draw. And so in the beginning, like Tracy, he's an, he's a, he's a, he's a gorilla. Right. And he's creating a time travel device. And, I'm trying to remember their names, um, but anyway, the Jake and I can't remember. I mean, it's been such a long time since I've watched the cartoon. Yeah, but, I was trying to remember it myself. Um, so they're making this thing, and they get a call that something's happening down at the museum, right? And Primeval is a a ghost robot who controls he's got his own like ghost dimension. Right. And he's brought two ghosts with him. One is a ghost skeleton uh, called. Oh my God. What is his name? Scared, scared stiff. And apparisha, and apparitions like this 1960s. <laughs> She's like one of those sexy, sexy sixties, you know, Kind of like a Marilyn Monroe, right? Or, And uh, so they are trying to somehow reanimate the dinosaurs that are in the museum. So Scared Stiff has this device that will revert them through the past and bring their flesh and stuff back to them. And then it goes to an activity page. And it's like, what kind of dinosaur did they bring forward, you know? So you have to connect the dots and you find out it's a brontosaurus. And it, it's, it's the weirdest, weird, it's, it's a total kid's book, but it's really funny because it's just so dumb. It it actually has one of the worst pieces of art that I've seen in a comic book in a long time. If I had my camera, I would show you the dinosaur of the over the skeleton of the Tyrannosaurus, because oh my, it's pretty bad. It's it's really bad. But yeah, so they're, you know, they're just fighting in the museum and trying to stop the dinosaurs from wreaking havoc, right? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, what else can it really be? They. <laughs> It's a cartoon. They're going to wrap it up. They do. They do blow up a fake dinosaur to attract the Tyrannosaurus Rex. So they're just they're just holding it on the on the street, like bring it down the street so it'll follow them, and then it gets sucked into a machine that Tracy created to turn it into. So he made a device that travels, or supposedly a time travel device, but it's not going forward in time. It reverts things to what it was, or it takes things from the now and converts it into what it would be in the future. So this dinosaur is going to either become bones or it's going to become coal. And yeah, he does it for too long and it becomes coal. And so they have to go out and find another Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton to replace the one that they, they ruined. (laughs) Not that they were like, Hey, you saved the entire museum. We're just missing one skeleton. Nope. You got to go get a new one. Good luck. You're
0: right. Wow. I think I've seen that somewhere before. Because I remember it. Yeah. But I don't remember where. (laughs) Oh,
1: that that was a great find. How long have you had that? I found it on shopgoodwill.com. Nice. I got it for $3 and it cost me uh, $7 to have it shipped to my house. <laughs> so I got a $2 comic book for 12 bucks.
0: Oh, that's yep. great. <laughs> Not too funny. All right. And that's all you had this week, right? That's it. All right. So moving on to the list then. Uh, let's see. So we had the letter R for our top 10 this week. And since you just did a lot of talking, I'll go ahead and go here real quick. Uh, I have number 10 is Ravage 2099. I don't care what you say. It was really good before they reverted him to a human. Um, I don't say anything. (laughs) Nine's Rom. Eight, Roadblock from Joe, Seven, Raz Al Ghul. Six, Ragman. Five, Rhino. Four, The Rocketeer. Three, Roy Harper. Two, Raven. And my number one is Robin, Tim Drake. Nice. I know everybody's like, oh, Dick and Dick Grayson. I'm like, yeah, I liked him better as Nightwing than I did as Robin.
1: He's a lot better than Nightwing. Yeah. A lot better. After he gave up or became his own man. It was a lot yeah. better. Yeah. All right. So number 10, Ralph Snart. Number nine, Racer X. Number eight, The Rose, uh, Richard Fisk. He was the son of Wilson Fisk for a right. while. Um, seven, Rawhide Kid. Number six, Red Sonia. Number five, The Riddler. Number four, The Rocketeer. Number three, Rama Tut. Number two, Raven. And number one, Rom.
0: Wow, we only had three of the same. That's pretty good.
1: We both had Rocketeer at four. And Raven at two, right?
0: Raven at two. Yeah, I figured Rom was going to be your number one. Why? What? (laughs) I don't know how I saw that coming. I don't know, no.
1: (laughs) Getting predictable.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you're taking over that job. I mean, I I was getting tired of having (laughs) to just... How many Green Lanterns does he have on there this week? Um. <laughs> All right. You got any news?
1: Okay. Um, so the X-Men are having the... So there's a theory, right? So the X-Men are having a, an event called the, the Swords, right?
0: hmm
1: And there's a theory that there's a possible return of one of my favorite villains, and it's probably Marvel's oldest villain, because he created the Darkhold, he created, you know, everything evil in this universe. They're bringing back Cthon. Wow, they're bringing him back. Apparently, this is this is a rumor though that they're bringing him back. But he would be awesome if he was brought back.
0: I could see Hickman doing that easily. Yep. He's a student of the industry. I could see him absolutely doing
1: that. I like how they, there's a write-up on ScreenRant.com, right? It's a X-Men Theory, Swords, Cathan, Marvel, Villain, blah, 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 right? And it says, Cathan is a Lovecraftian villain, one of the Elder Gods who ruled Earth billions of years before the evolution of man. One of the Elder Gods, Set, discovered he could consume his brethren and add their power to his own. Among others, among others among his number followed Seth's example, including Chthon. But in their hunger for power, they developed into monstrous demons. According to the Darkhold, millennia ago, the Elder Gods became caught in a war against some mysterious benevolent force. They lost and were banished into another plane of existence. Chthon and his armies were sealed away for all time. Still, there are remnants of Chthon's influence, most notably the Darkhold itself, which was designed as a tool to help Chthon return. And if they are bringing him back, this is a perfect opportunity for it. And I can't wait. I can't wait for him to come back.
0: That'd be pretty cool.
1: Have they been listening to us? (laughs) Have they been listening to us? Because, holy crap, we've been talking about nothing but Cathon for like the last six months. Right. I mean, we brought him up more times than I think he's ever been in print. (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) My biggest problem, again, is it's a massive crossover that they've got so intertwined in it that you have to read every issue. It's not a versus X kind of, they talk about it for a minute on the page. This is like, you have to get every X book to read it. I just, I hate it when they do that, but what you going to do?
1: Right. Um, there is also coming next year. We found out today that they are making, uh, he-Man and the Masters of the Universe role-playing game. It will be coming out uh, next year. And I think, what is it called? Legends of Grayskull? Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, look it up on YouTube. You can find their little promo video. It looks pretty cool. Like it's It doesn't say much. It just says coming next year, a He-Man role-playing game. Awesome. Hope you don't screw it up. <laughs> uh, don't give it to Palladium, please. Give it to somebody else. Just- <laughs> um, other than that, um, I have I don't have anything.
0: Well, uh, DC's rolling towards some massive layoffs. Um, the new company is was meeting with them today or whatever, and kind of outlining what the layoffs were going to be. Um, but they think it's going to be a move more towards... Um, they're going to continue to publish because one of the concerns was they weren't going to continue to publish, but it's going to be a greater emphasis on digital and bookstore rather than comic book shops. Great. Which... That's not good. That's not good at all. No. Uh, because I know I'm a DC head. I I own it. But... Um, Truthfully, um, between the DC and the Marvel that I've read uh, as of late, I think DC is telling some better stories as a whole than Marvel is. Marvel's got some hot spots, but it, if you're looking at the top 100 book sales or whatever, you're seeing that those DC books are right there owning most of the top 10. And, uh, it's really disappointing that they're doing that and not using the opportunity to uh, build something grand out of it. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I also, I don't, we may have talked about this at some point. I forgot to bring it up last week, but Kevin Smith is doing a green Hornet cartoon. Yep. It seemed like it sounded familiar. I'm like, if I heard it from anybody, it was going to be Nick. But uh, (laughs) I don't think we brought it up on the show, though. Okay. But, yeah. um, So that's supposed to be coming. He's going to try to keep it true. Um, We'll see how that works for him. (laughs) Yeah. But otherwise, that's all I had this week, too. A little shorter episode than normal, but uh, both of our lives were a little bit more chaotic this past week, too, I think, so we didn't get as much reading in as we sometimes do.
1: So Yep. There's a lot going on.
0: Yes, very much so. Um, so, with that being said, uh, if you like what you hear, you want to check it, you know, you have some suggestions or comments for us, like scott does with his discord comments which we absolutely love scott by the way feel free to uh comment or uh let us know one way or the other and you know uh, we're just trying to help get the show bigger and bigger and uh build off of what we're doing and you know we'd appreciate any kind of feedback and uh, comments and let us know what you're thinking and what you'd like to hear about and then nick would you like to talk to you about uh Your other adventures?
1: Um, no, it's it's okay. Um, I got a screaming kid right now, so (laughs) we're we're good. So if you if you want, just check out. Um, just Google Roll die for adventure," you'll find us. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Listen to last week's episode, the two hundred episode or two year anniversary. Two (laughs) year. <laughs> oh chaos yeah all right so with that being said it's been ryan and nick thanks for joining us have a great day guys
1: talk to you later bye, bye.